0: dick back we back in this bitch back from the crypt with some more of that hood philosophy shit another podcast for that ass boy girl non-gender exclusive binary whatever the fuck whoever the fuck comrade homie what's up dog i don't give a fuck about these gender pronouns homie that's how gina carano could have avoided all this bullshit by using gender-inclusive pronouns like fucking homie, comrade, etc., and so on and so forth is all I'm talking about. And I'm going to be doing the same because, honestly, you're all my homie, dog. I don't give a fuck. Gay, straight, trans, woman, a fucking color of skin, ethnicity, uh, religious preference, political preference, I don't give a fuck. None of that shit matters to me, dog. If you're down with hood philosophy, you're down with me, which makes you my homie. So what's good, homie? It's back. We're back. Another podcast for that ass. Like I said, um... Ah, yeah. Let's just get into it, dog. got a lot of shit to talk about. So why the fuck beat around the bush before, you know, we actually do, of course. The quick formalities, if you haven't already, follow your boy, OG underscore Ice Nice 13 on the gram, something along the same lines on other social media sites, including um, YouTube and soon enough, Patreon, where those of you who, you know, want to help your boy continue to escape the fucking traps of the hood can eventually come to support me and all the projects that I'm going to be forthcoming with in the future. The podcast itself. Will forever be free, homie. Hood philosophy is for the people. I would never charge a single fucking penny off of this podcast, right? But of course, uh, given the capitalistic forces, the material forces at play, inevitably, I do hope to try to monetize a little bit of the shit that I'm doing with hood philosophy, just so I can continue to just to get by, just to get by to quote the Talib Kweli song, right? Um, so yeah, speaking of just getting by. This is actually going to be a tale of two podcasts of sort, okay? Cuz I'm going to start off talking about some shit in the beginning, and then I'm just going to comp- pull a complete fucking 180 and take it back off into the other direction, right? And the other direction being everything that it is that I've been leading up to up for this entire year. As I've mentioned plenty of times, right? The fucking the podcast is going to trace the tension between modernism and postmodernism as where we stand here today, right? Obviously centering around the bucko, Jordan Peterson, if you will, to an extent, not just because of him as a person, but him as a figurehead for a larger, you know, um, issue. And that is the modernist fucking push of history. Right. Um, so that's just a quick contextualization of where this trajectory of the podcast has been going. Right. But um, that's where we're going to end up the podcast talking about. I'm slowly building my way towards nihilism. OK, so it seems as though it's trudging along. I, I just, you know, I appreciate you still being here listening through. And I, I assure you there is a fucking end goal. Right. For this particular podcast series. And it's going to, you know, it's going to, take us, it's going to take us through the heart of nihilism, right? Because I hear a lot of talk about nihilism. I hear a lot of people speaking about nihilism, but I don't really think most people understand exactly from a philosophical perspective, at least, what exactly nihilism is. From a personal perspective, every single person on this planet has experienced with nihilism, right? Um, it's just inherent with a part of being, especially with the part of being a human, okay? Nihilism is just there, Right? Uh, What there exactly means, I couldn't possibly articulate it in a way that would just be unfaithful to the actual idea itself that I have in my head. And I'm sure one that you, again, have experienced at some point or another in your life, right? Uh, Being in nothingness. What is nothingness? Consciousness, right? So consciousness, if there's nothingness, why, according to Sartre at least, why is it nothingness? Because it can't be the essence, can't be extracted from it essentially, right? I'm being very fucking general with what he's talking about. Maybe one day, well, not maybe, for sure, one day I'll talk about it, Right. Um, but you know, other things such as nothingness would be nihilism, for instance, right? Not according to Sartre, but in this particular sense, why it's the ultimate nothingness, bro. It's the fucking ultimate trap of meaninglessness and nothingness, okay? Which obviously is everything that this Bucko Jordan Peterson is trying to address. Obviously, as I've already mentioned before, unsatisfactorily so, given the philosophers that he's using and what I'm going to attempt to address using the Not What philosophy. Um, obviously I've already done so to an extent talking about, you know, the Mexica warrior scholars and all that type of shit, but we're going to get really, really, really deep into the fucking woods here with nihilism in the forthcoming podcasts, right? It's like right around the corner, bro. I'm just, I'm again, I'm slowly working my way there because as I mentioned, as when I first started this podcast series, um, one of the revelations that came to me from the ancestors was the need to slow it down a little bit, right? Slow down, the just the way that I'm sharing the material and actually fucking, immerse myself and hopefully you the listener into it as well in such a way that it does it you know just do it justice right do right by the philosophy bro because i've been talking a lot of philosophy in my previous podcast and again just a reiteration and looking back on them i kind of realized i was like yeah, i'm not really fucking being very generous to these philosophies so um moving forward Moving forward, that is going to be one of the things that I hope to be able to do, obviously, starting with. Well, I mean, I've been doing it this whole fucking time, right? But it's going to continue going along with, you know, the next forthcoming podcast on nihilism. Right? And we're going to really get into the fucking woods with it. In fact, I'm going to take it from a perspective that isn't generally discussed much, in my personal opinion, for those of you who are interested in, you know, you want to perhaps read along with me a little book club, if you will, a little El Grito podcast book club. <laughs> what the fuck just came out of my mouth? Book club. Okay, the name of the book that I'm currently reading in preparation for this, one of them at least, is uh, Metaphysical Horror by, I'm going to completely butcher his name, but again, in the interest of fairness, he'd probably butcher him, I'm assuming it's a he actually, very fucking cisgender chauvinistic piece of shit of me to assume so, on this, the day after fucking Women's International Day, what an asshole myself, right? But I don't know anything about the author other than he's a fucking, they, they, the homie, right, the homie, to stick true with the fucking roots of this podcast, It's a very good writer, very good philosopher, Right? Uh, Lezek Kolakowski, I don't know the first name, Les L-E-S-Z-E-K, right? So I'm going to say Lezek, kind of like Zizek, right? And then Kolakowski. And the name of the book of itself is Metaphysical Horror. And basically what this metaphysical horror is tracing is the lack of epistemological certainty that I have discussed at plenty of fucking points throughout the history of this podcast, right? The metaphysical horror, of course, that inevitably arises is that of... Skepticism, it's a fucking serious problem, especially that which I align myself with, the radical skepticism, because like the Nahuatl fucking told us tens of thousands of years ago, dog, in the absence of an an absolute fixed truth, there is no certainty on this planet, and without the certainty, there is no reason to believe anything, hence the skepticism part. You know what I'm saying? Um, The European Greek version is going to have a little variation to that, but it's going to ultimately arrive to the same conclusion, and that is, of course, the problem of nihilism. Which, I guess, is a good segue to the first part of the podcast, which, again, going to do a complete 180 from as, well, I guess, you know, now that I think about it, man, the more that I think about it, the more it's actually intertwined with the podcast, okay? Um, I've been talking how this fucking podcast does center around Jordan Peterson, Doug, right? And I'm not, again, just doing it, I'm not cloud chasing, it's just as a philosopher, he's entered into the realm and, you know, I have no choice but to address fucking many shortcomings that I personally feel and many others that he's, you know, clumsily stumbled through on his way, right? And um, <laughs> one of the things that he's dealt with, him personally, which again, you cannot separate the philosophy from the philosopher, is his personal shit that he's got going on with his, specifically his wife, right? So I guess in that particular sense, it's, a, it's this first half of the podcast will be something of a good segue to the second part of the podcast. And that is because, as I mentioned before, one of the biggest problems with that I, you know, so many, so many are lame, but one of the more prominent ones is that I personally feel the dude is a fucking huckster, yo, okay? That he's really good at, speaking to others about what they should do but i'm not necessarily convinced that he's actually lived the life homie and again that's this is you know he quotes kierkegaard but this is one thing that kierkegaard fucking bashed on like heavily is one thing that he quotes Nietzsche, and it's one thing that Nietzsche bashes on heavily and that is the fucking arrogance and the pomp of people to sit down and philosophize without first standing up to live basically you know what i'm saying um and when it comes to the jordan peterson character as i mentioned before in a previous podcast like way back in the original days of the podcast uh, he himself faced a dragon, okay? And although he's great at doling out advice at how people should deal with their own personal dragons, I personally found that through the you know diagnosis of his wife with cancer that he himself didn't necessarily deal with the real dragon. The real dragon, of course, here is death, the death of not only you inevitably, me inevitably, but that of a loved one, right? And it's the, the potential death that was threatened by cancer of his loved one that I believe is what triggered fucking Jordan Peterson to, you know basically get addicted to fucking narcotics, dog, okay? Um now, the reason I bring that up is because obviously at the risk of not airing out my fucking family business because it is exactly that. The point that I'm trying to make here with this first half of the podcast is that your boy is kind of going through something along a similar vein, okay? And uh it's it, it actually kind of explains a little bit of why, you know, I I don't know why I felt guilty. I shouldn't feel guilty. Like it is what it is. Dog. you own your shit and I'm gonna own my shit. Uh, the shit that I'm going to own is that, yeah, dog, I have been depressed as fuck lately. And I've mentioned it before on the previous couple of podcasts, right? As well as for those of you who do follow me on the gram, OG underscore Ice Nice 13 for those of you who don't, right? Um, like, I just I just wasn't feeling it, dog. i just been fucking out of it, okay? Maybe you even noticed potentially, you know, that I hadn't even been as active as usual, okay? And the reason is because there's shit going on in my life outside of the podcast, right? My own personal life. Um, that's just occupied the entirety of my fucking it's just it's it's consumed me, bro. I'm consumed by this, okay? Um, in a way that is, I don't know, man. Some people would say unhealthy. I personally would say healthy because there's no need. Do you want this love of mine? The darkness helps us all to shine. Red hot chili peppers, and me personally, I'm talking about it through terms of shadow work, right? Like. Yeah, I guess it's unhealthy to dwell on it if you're not fucking necessarily used to or comfortable with exploring the deeper, darker regions of our shadow, you know what I'm saying? Um, But I would say dealing with healthily, if you're doing so, if you're fucking immersed in this world, if you're consumed by this fucking darkness, if you will, uh, in a way that hopefully, hopefully, I can only say hopefully, because, you know, it's very hard to be authentic with oneself when we're experiencing these very fucking just detrimental devastating emotions right you don't know when you're being honest with yourself when you're fucking faking the funk whatever the case might be right so i like to believe that me being consumed with it is me personally engaging with all the fucking deep-seated issues that you know come along with having to potentially confront the inevitable death of all of all life on earth okay whether it be in fucking however x amount billions of years whether it be today it doesn't matter like it's inevitable like it's a quote a great typo negative song everything dies right Um, so because of that, I know I myself have personally just been consumed with it with just the potentiality of it all. Right. And one of the things that I was tripping on actually (laughs) is, um, my initial reaction and my initial reaction, which is understandable. Don't get me twisted. It's an understandable reaction. So if you yourself have experiences, uh, you know, when you're confronted with terrible news, I'm not trying to cast shade on you, right? I'm saying it is a fucking personal, it is a, a perfectly reasonable response. And that is anger, like just fucking anger, bro. Like me personally, I'm a very angry person to begin with. I've worked tremendously to try to overcome these anger issues that I have, right? A lot of the anger that I had, of course, stemming rather from past traumas, from childhood trauma, you know what I mean? So I've worked a lot through the anger in order to try to overcome the traumas, right? But they're still there, bro. Like I'm still a hot-blooded person, you know what I'm saying? Power. And (laughs) that was my music that I was listening to earlier, a little Iron Maiden to get the fucking blood flowing for the podcast. Right. Um, And so the anger initially came from like, why? Right. Like, why the fuck of all things? You know what I mean? And then it's funny because my initial response to this, and this is the part that really started to fuck with me and really started to kick in this podcast, like in a different direction from where it initially started was why was that my first response? Like, why was the fucking feeling of why my first response? And if we're going to be fucking even more honest, dog, what really caught me for a loop was the why God is that my fucking first response, right? Which made me completely fucking burst out into laughter, a little bit of joy and the fucking heartbreak and sorrow, right? Um, Knowing that... (laughs) Despite my openly fucking hostile views towards Christianity, despite my open denunciation of Christianity and fucking the Western Christian God, it was fucking hilarious to me that my first response was, why God, right? Like, <laughs> it just goes to show like how deeply this conditioning and programming goes, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then I started to trip out on it a little, little bit more. I started to trip out on it. So it's just fucking flowing the words there. I apologize, right? Um, I started to trip out on it a little bit more because... I kind of, when I realized how silly it was for me to be doing that, to be, you know, like fucking angry at the Christian God as someone who's a fucking, you know, a non-Christian person, like, why would I be angry at the Christian God? I got fucking nothing to do with my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, a, a little bit, a little part of me felt for like, not even a split second, for a very long time, lonely, Right. Lonely, not in a way like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm alone and lost in the world without a God-like creature, entity, right? Because that's not true. I, I, I That's the exact opposite of what I'm going for. Theo and homie, we're all fucking divine essence, okay? There is no absence of divinity in my life. It just doesn't come in the form of the Western Christian God. But it was a loneliness that came from realizing that I could no longer blame the Western Christian God for the ills of the world and have to having to come to terms with that. You know what I mean? So to dig into a little bit deeper of what I'm talking about here, like it's really easy, honestly, when you're living through the Western Christian epistemology to blame God for all the evil shit that happens. Most people don't. Most people only give God credit for all the good shit that happens. You know what I mean? You never see a football player score a touchdown or rather drop a potential game winning touchdown pass and be like, why God? Right. Um, But yeah, so it's it's very common, right, for, for us to, you know, praise God when good shit happens. And a smaller a smaller subset of people will, you know, they'll fucking say shit like, well, if God is good, if God is perfect, why the fuck do evil things happen? Now, I've already talked about this before in a previous podcast at length, so I'm not going to get deeper into it than it needs to be, right? You can go back and check it out, right? Uh, to drop a little bit more quotes from this one from Jay-Z. You want my old shit? Cop my old albums. You want my old thoughts on the fucking problem of evil? Listen to the old podcast episode. There's no need to rehash it here. You know what I'm saying? But... um. I believe that one is, what is that one? The one that's talking about the problem of evil. I think it might be morality and social control, the prison notebooks, right? Um, anyway, so the loneliness came from realizing it's like, yeah, bro, if you've let go of this Western Christian God, you can't fucking no longer you know, blame this Western Christian God essentially for all the evil that happens in the world. Like That's not fair. You got to be logically consistent if you haven't yet picked it up. Logical consistency is very fucking important for me. And the last thing I want to do is be perceived as a fucking hypocrite. You know what I'm saying? So the loneliness came in that brief moment when you realize like, fuck, once you divorce yourself from that story, once you divorce yourself from that epistemology that, you know, that encumbers this godlike entity into the problem of evil, you really can't, there's no going back without being fucking intellectually dishonest, right? So the loneliness set in when realizing, okay, okay. So you've adopted this new story, dog. You've adopted this fucking not what story of existence, right? And they're going to tell you, like, there is no good and evil, homie. There is just fucking the unfolding. I know you've heard this plenty of times, right? But the truth about stories is they're all we fucking got. So we repeat them to each other constantly to fucking reaffirm this fact, right? And, you know, there is no good and evil when it comes to Teot. There is just, it's unfolding. And, you know... We can influence it in our particular ways. You know, you can wear the sacred jewelries. You could do the sacred dances. You could fucking say the sacred words. You can actually act it out with your actions. You know what I mean? To try to influence it in your benefit. But at the end of the day, Deot is a non-fucking agentive entity that is just ceaselessly unfolding. And sometimes it's for our benefit and sometimes it's not, right? And this is kind of... It was very difficult, to, you know, to contextualize it in this kind of way. But this kind of the importance about when I started to realize, you know... This, where I stand with this podcast, like, I, again, if it wasn't explicitly clear by the shit talking I did of Jordan Peterson, it was not for no reason, dog. The reason was because I don't want to be that philosopher. I don't want to be that philosopher that just sits down and fucking talks shit without first standing up to live. You know what I'm saying? And I know me personally on this podcast, I talk all the time about the importance of shadow work and overcoming past trauma and using philosophy as a guide stone or as a toolkit, rather, to guide us through this fucking daunting uh, uh, journey through our shadow in order to gain the strength necessary to live a good, happy life. You know what I'm saying? So um, I didn't want to be that person that just throws out those empty platitudes on the ground, but not actually live through them. Like, I try my best to live up to these words. And, you know, when this shit comes up, you realize, okay, well, now it's time to put the fucking rubble to the road, homeboy. You talk all this shit, you know what I mean? And, you know, you potentially almost making these normative claims, normative in the sense that I think that you should be doing the same. You know what I'm saying? Um... I say potentially because I'm not trying to become across normative. I'm just I'm just throwing my truth out there, and if it resonates with you, dope. If it doesn't, fucking move along, dog. There's plenty out there for you to resonate with, right? Um, but th- in this particular sense, then the point is that in trying to fucking, you just gotta be logically consistent, dog. So you gotta come to terms with the fact that sometimes shit is gonna happen. It's gonna be dope in your favor and your benefit, and sometimes it's not. And the first thing that you do is not rush to fucking lament like "why God" type shit. You know what I mean? you have to fucking own the bad shit that happens just as fucking vigorously as the good shit that happens because at the end of the day that's that's it's just one essence right it's no good or evil it's just oh, dog, they it's all one thing okay so when it comes to the terms in terms of like you know the potential loss of a loved one for instance you come to realize that in you know in the western christian world it's very easy to get angry at the god and be like yo what the fuck dude like how? Like, why? There's so many, like, so much evil in the world that's occurring, and this is what, this, you're, this only compounds to it. You could be doing so much to stop the evil, and it seems like you're only adding to it type shit, you know what I mean? But once you indigenize, essentially, once you decolonize, once you start repeating and telling yourself a new story about reality, that option is no longer on the table, which means then that we're basically left with no other option than to fucking own our shit. And that's where the fucking, that's where the real, I guess a lot of the depression starts to come through and that that I've been experiencing at least for the the past couple of weeks already is starting to realize like, yeah, dog, you can't just, it's sad, it's sad as fuck. You know what I mean? The loss of any person, especially a loved one, especially a good person, dog, that shit fucking hurts. But you know, like, what are we going to do? We're just going to curl up into a fetal position and fucking wallow around in our own self-pity. It's such a tempting offer. It's so tempting to want to just do that. I've been living that life, dog. Like, honestly, I did not not post on the gram for instance or not drop a new video or drop a new podcast because I have so much shit going on right now. I did it because I just couldn't fucking get out of bed, basically, you know what I mean? But just as the time continues to go by, you're like, well, how, how am I going to seriously, you can't live an entire life like this. Unfortunately, I'm not trying to sound cold and callous, but I'm, You know, I'm, I'm, it, it is what it is. I, I, I realized like, man, Siempre de padelante, homie. That's something my grandpa always told us, okay? Always moving forward, right? And to just curl up into this fetal polis- <laughs> into this fetal position and not do nothing about it because shit just didn't go our way is unfortunately not an option. It's gonna be difficult. It's going to be fucking daunting at some times. Like the grief, like, you know, we're still hope. There's still hope, fingers crossed, right? But the grief just knowing and thinking, projecting into the future is so it comes so dramatically at times that it's just it, it, it seems impossible to fucking continue moving forward right but it's through those moments where the strength that we have gained through this philosophical journey that we're undertaking through the shadow work that we've done right through the future just the strength that we're going to encounter through having to deal with that kind of shit is you know we keep we keep moving forward we keep marching along and honestly <laughs> This is the part of the podcast series where inevitably, like I'm telling you now, dog, we are going to do a defense of Jordan Peterson. I'm going to do a defense of Jordan Peterson because you just have to. like you As a philosopher, you have to be fucking versed in the opinion of the, not even opinion, the position of your opposition, dog. This was the fucking biggest mistake that Jordan Peterson made, and it was fucking humiliatingly uh, exposed in that Zizek debate. Like, you don't know shit. Fuck all of what he's talking about. I motherfucker don't know shit about literally the philosophy that he's talking about. Neo-Marxist fucking postmodern bullshit. That's not a thing. Whatever the fuck that neo, what is it? The neo-Marxist postmodernism, whatever the fuck he calls it. I haven't, I didn't do the research for it today, right? Um, Whatever the fuck he calls it though. That's not a thing, dog. Marxism and (laughs) postmodernism, they're mutually exclusive. They don't get along. One is a material philosophy, dialectical historical. My words are not fucking working today. It's part of my brain. The fucking philosophy machine still broken. It go brr, not go brr. I should say right brr. Um, that damn depression dog kicking in hard. Kicking like yo, you hear what I'm talking about? This fucking language, dog. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, that historical dialectical materialism. It's a materialist philosophy, meaning that our lives are influenced by material conditions. Like it's actions that are influencing our lives. Okay. Whereas the postmodernists are going to say, no, 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 our lives are controlled by institutional forces like the government, like identity and so on, right? So those two, they don't, they don't mesh. They don't, they don't even fucking vibe with one another, dog. So his biggest mistake was to fucking go out there completely just philosophically ignorant, right? And I'm not going to do that, right? So part of that obviously entails that I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to 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 do a deep dive on Jordan Peterson, which honestly, as terrible as I make it sound, dog, is. It's not really that bad, okay? In fact, even long before Jordan Peterson came along, a lot of the shit that he talks about, I honestly agree with. I'm just going to tell you now, like in the interest of full fucking disclosure. Not because of him. Again, there's this cult of personality bullshit. We got to divorce ourselves from that shit. He's not the person that introduced these ideas. These ideas have existed long before Jordan Peterson. He's just a fucking talking head, bro. He's a little muppet that's repeating them now in fucking our time, right? Um... But a lot of those ideas, I fucking vibe with heavy, dog, and honestly, you'll be surprised how many of them you probably vibe with, too, especially if you take a fucking indigenous narrative, bro, one that doesn't view itself in terms of nihilation and fucking uh, victimry, dog, victimhood, okay? I'm just going to throw it out there now because, you know, just some more forward-looking into the future podcast. These fucking bitch-ass, fake, woke social justice warriors that on one hand fucking, uh, you know, claim indigenization, but then on the other hand, fashion themselves as victims, you're walking contradictions, Okay. You're fucking. You don't make any sense because if you're going to indigenize, that means you're going to take on a fucking indigenous worldview, and an indigenous worldview in many instances is not one of victimhood. It's not one of fucking nihility, dog. It's one of fucking survivance. For those of you who can't, you know, who are listening only in audio, I'm holding up a book right now. It's a collection by one of my favorite indigenous scholars. Um, his name is Gerald V. and he's the one that introduced in the uh, the notion into academia of survivance, and basically. You know, I'm going to do a podcast on it. as part of the podcast series that I'm doing right now, right? Inevitably, it's going to come. But what Survivance is talking about is that even in the face of the fucking cataclysmic effect of indigenous Holocaust, we we keep moving, dog. We keep moving, right? We own our shit and we keep moving. We don't allow ourselves to be fashioned into victims. We don't fucking wallow in the pit of despair and fucking fall into the hole of nihilism. We just fucking keep it moving, yo. You know, just further tie it in with the beginning of this podcast because I'm now slowly starting to make my way to the original intention of the podcast, Right? Um, and that's, that's, that honestly is a lot of what Jordan Peterson is talking about. He's, you know, he, what is he saying? Like, sort yourself out, get yourself in order, own your shit, bro. Handle your fucking scandal, right? Um, now where this is going to, this is going to differ is somehow like everything else in America, this Jordan Peterson cat has become politicized, right? To which I personally will simply say, dog, for me, this philosophy is not about, this philosophy is not about left, right, or center, dog, especially, especially when it comes to us chicano peoples right to us chicana peoples okay and the reason being is because we're not even part of the political fucking spectrum yo we're not taking into account from the political spectrum we never have been and we never will be not in this current form current form at least okay we are not fucking left we are not right we are not center. we are from the fucking bottom bitch okay and we're coming up dog So this whole politicization of these ideas, that's not even our shit. Like, no, dude, there's fucking, I don't give a fuck what the left wing has to say about Jordan Peterson. I don't give a fuck what the right wing has to say about Jordan Peterson. Like, because again, it's not Jordan Peterson. He's the politicized figure. It's the ideas that he's advancing that I give a fuck about as a philosopher, okay? So obviously as a philosopher, you have to be fucking versed with the ideas of the person that you're going to be fucking critiquing. And, you know, so inevitably that implies that this podcast journey is going to take us through the fucking woods of Jordan Peterson. Right now, before we get there, the whole point about today's podcast is going to be, I kind of left it off. I, 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 when I was like editing the podcast, my previous one, I kind of thought to myself, I kind of left this off feeling like if, if no, if, if I never drop another podcast and God forbid something were to happen. Right. And I were to just never podcast again. Um, I, I, I could see how people would listen to that last one and be like, yo, fuck this. All right. Prick. Right. <laughs> because I kind of, for the interest of brevity of time, I kind of cut it short. Okay. In order to, you know, I was just going to say, fuck it. Like, I'll just talk about the next point uh, on the previous forthcoming podcast, right? And I left it off just basically fucking bashing the left, right? Which, fine, fuck them. Because like I said, we're not part of that anyways, okay? So I can see how I would give the impression that I, because of that, that I'm some right-wing fucking nut job. But come on, dog, I'm, Come on, yo. Like, I'm, for those of you who are listening only, <laughs> I'm fucking rubbing my skin. I'm fucking almost the color of the earth, right? Not as dark as my grandmother, unfortunately. I wish I was dark as her, right, as my brother, Right. But still the color of the earth. So how the fuck can I be alt-right? They're going to say, oh, it's because you're internalized whiteness. Shut the fuck up, you academic dork. You have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, don't give white people complete credit for fucking conservatism because conservatism runs the gamut of all ethnicities. Right. You say you want to decolonize, take back fucking ideas and take ownership for ideas that exist throughout the broad spectrum of humanity. That's not to say that I myself am a conservative because, again, we don't exist on this framework of left, right or center that we have come to define conservatism with here in America. We as a Chicanx people, you know what I'm saying? So, no, I'm not fucking conservative because I'm from the bottom, bitch. Like, whatever the fuck it is, this idea of survivance that is very common, by the way, in the Mexican community, right? This idea of, you know, these very ideas that have been associated, perhaps unfairly with right-wing conservatism in america like no you got to again that's cult of personality bullshit and we got to divorce ourselves from that so and going back to the previous podcast and the point is that this particular one is it's going to be talking shit about fucking right-wing conservatism okay that is defined as here in the united states of america and the reason being is because as the name implies they do nothing more than conserve the status quo and the status quo is exactly what's Gotta go to drop a little bit of fucking freestyle for you all, right? Um, it's gotta go for the sake of fucking uh, indigenization and moving beyond the current fucking picadillo, if you will, that we find ourselves in here in this tension between modernism and and postmodernism, right? America has to answer for its crimes, bro. It's just a matter of time. It just has to. You cannot move forward. You, You can't sit here and talk about listening to this podcast and be like, yeah, I buy what this motherfucker is saying. Like, I got to heal my past trauma in order so that I can move forward to a better future and then turn around and say, no, America's just fine the way it is. Like, nah, dog, America as collectively as a country, but especially the white European settlers, right? And their descendants, y'all got to deal with some fucking past trauma, dog. So that's the tension between modernism and postmodernism. And as long as these conservative folks are insisting like jordan peterson on conserving the status quo that is the fucking direct cause for this historical trauma we're never going to move past this tension it's pretty funny actually now that i think about it the bullshit that's just emerged with the fucking quote-unquote royal family those fucking creepy lizard fucks right complaining about the color the potential color of their skin of their baby despite the fact that those inbreds all look like little fucking reptiles okay um and the reason here being is because i was honestly more i wasn't I wasn't surprised that fucking the crown is racist. It's the crown that's responsible for this fucking settler colonial country. Of course they're racist, right? Of course they fucking endorse genocide. Like that, that they're fucking crazy lizard people. They're cold-hearted bastards, okay? Um, what I was more surprised with is how many fucking people in America specifically but also around the world still fucking think that monarchies are a thing like they should be a thing rather okay like who gives a fuck about these quote-unquote royal people they ain't shit dog they bleed the same color blood that we do there's nothing special about well i was gonna say there's nothing special about them but last i'm pretty sure i'm not a lizard person dog i'm not so sure about the fucking royal family okay the queen elizabeth i'm fucking very very suspect about her (laughs) you know what i'm saying Oh, God, the more shit I talk on this stupid-ass podcast, the more I can see why fucking people would assume that I am something of an outright conspiracy theory nut job. Yo, they're just jokes, dog. Chill the fuck out. I'm just talking shit. Yes, a lot of truth is said in jest, but I'm just trying to fucking entertain, dog. I'm trying to get these fucking ideas off my brain. More freestyles that have been driving me insane. Even more freestyles, right? Um. <laughs> so, yeah, just... Fucking relax, dog. Everyone needs to take it down on us, Okay, mainly the fucking left wing people, the blue and non people, if you will. Um, now the biggest beef then with this fucking conservatism is when it comes to philosophy, and it's where we start to introduce a little bit of the metaphysical horror, because again, this is the this is where this is the this is the crown jewel, if you will. This is the foundation at its core of where Jordan Peterson rests on. Okay, and it is in the false, patently false belief of the supremacy of philosophy, specifically the supremacy of Greek philosophy in terms of the collective human experience, right? Because it's this philosophy, obviously, as I've talked about before in previous podcasts, that lays the foundation for modernism, you know, through here, through the United States of America, through imperialism, through manifest destiny, through fucking West African slavery, through indigenous Holocaust and so on, okay? Um, it's the philosophy of the transcendent or rather the absolute idealists, specifically that of fucking dickface Hegel, okay, that influences these beliefs, that shapes and forms these beliefs, that gives people the intellectual fucking tools necessary to commit the actions that will inevitably lead to where we are today, right? So if you're going to address the modernism, right, you got to address the root of the philosophy and is, is that, you know, this Western philosophy has prided itself for centuries, And it's asserted itself, and it's legitimacy, by the way, like philosophy asserted its own legitimacy, right? And it it, it asserted itself and its own legitimacy at that, okay? By asking or to answering these questions inherited from, you know, the ancient Greeks, basically. So Western, the Greeks, basically, they start their own little version of philosophy, and they give themselves credit and dominion and domain over the rest of philosophy. Like, fuck off with that colonizing bullshit, okay? Um, Anyways, it's off that colonizing bullshit, this misguided belief that the fucking Greeks are somehow the... The the originators and the fucking the, the sole dominion of philosophy upon which Jordan Peterson's fucking faulty shaky ass ideas rest upon. Okay, which is fucking hilarious because <laughs> philosophy itself it's not even founded. It's not founded, dog. This is the this is the root of of, of metaphysical and epistemic to an extent horror is that philosophy likes to talk all this shit, but realistically, philosophy ain't solved shit. Like, philosophy hasn't solved any of the grand questions in life. And because of that, like, the legitimacy of philosophy, it's realistically nothing more than... Uh, it's just it's a participation award, <laughs> essentially, right? Uh, philosophy has a participation award that it gave itself, no less, okay? And it's the participation award that places it to this realm of supremacy when in reality, like, it really hasn't really done shit, dog, okay? So... Um, in terms of, you know, they inherited this from the ancient Greeks, okay, specifically in terms of how they felt we could distinguish the real, if you will, the quote-unquote real from the unreal, the true from the false, the good from the evil, and so on, okay? But again, the problem is, is that philosophers, they've yet to acknowledge, let alone confront a simple yet painfully undeniable fact, dog, and that is, of course, that of all the questions that have sustained European philosophy, Over the last two millennia, not a single fuck... Not one, dog. Not one of them has been satisfactorily answered. No question to the fucking hard problem of conscience... No answer, rather, to the hard problem of consciousness. No answer to the existence of God or the lack thereof. No answer to the fucking problem of morality, namely, why should I fucking even be moral in the first place? No answer to the problem of, of free will, though partially, right? But not one that many people like because, again, pit of nihilistic despair from determinism and reductive science and all that kind of shit, right? And even then, there's people that differ and many convincingly so, and they argue for dualism, okay? So what this tells us then is that, in fact, uh, the problem of philosophy has only been further exacerbated to the point now where it's just as possible to be a nominalist, if you will, and an anti-nominalist, for instance, okay? So a nominalist is a person who believes that the essence of quote-unquote stuff is comprised in the language that we use to articulate, right? Or even more simply, that our language shapes reality. Okay, <laughs> as I mentioned in our previous podcast, the truth about stories. Or you can not believe this, right? And you could both be equally true. You can believe in the problem of you could believe that we have free will, and you could believe that we don't have free will, and both positions could be fucking equally true. You can believe in you know the existence of God or the lack thereof, the reasons to be moral or the lack thereof. You can believe in fucking you know free will and determinism, or you know, and your both camps could potentially be correct which tells us nothing more, right? <laughs> the same is true, by the way, with our views on essences, with our views on good and evil, with our belief in God again, right? And all this is telling us simply put is that since not one has been satisfactorily answered, the enterprise that we've been using to try to do so, it's fucking bankrupt, yo, okay? And, you know, <laughs> what this in, what this introduces to us then is the potentiality that philosophy in and of itself may very well be self-defeating, bro, okay? Now, again, what I mean by this is that we pride ourselves as philosophers as being these fucking arbiters of truth. But it may very well be that we're anything but that, okay? That it may very well be the case, yo, that philosophy is useless, right? That it's a sterilized, masturbatory practice that is no closer to discovering or establishing, right? the problem that we introduced in the previous lecture, podcast, rather. Uh, any hint of truth than it was thousands of years ago. Motherfucker has been philosophizing for thousands of years. It's no closer to answering any of these hard fucking problems that, you know, still linger to this day, right? So to follow up further on this last podcast, you know, you compounded to this depression that I've been feeling because of all to- all sorts of shit, right? And, you know, introducing the one from the last podcast is the rather disillusionment with identity politics, right? And now, and now... You're introducing a further growing disillusionment of, you know, philosophy, the apparent futility of philosophy, dog, right? (laughs) Because if social justice issues have taken up my life for the past couple of years, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, it it should go without saying, dog, that philosophy has taken up the entirety of my life, okay? And to come to this realization that philosophy may very well be this sterile, masturbatory, futile practice is fucking depressing dog simply put you know it just it is what it is spent my whole life doing this dog uh not only did i you know that i spent my whole life doing this but more importantly like i want to believe some agent fucking molder type shit you know what i mean i want to believe that the truth is out there and if the fucking tool that we're using to search for this truth is is just vacant of any ability to do so basically means that we're wandering lost in the universe yet again okay the truth about stories, dog, is they're all we fucking got. So the problem then with this conservatism, moving, again, moving beyond the politicized element of it is the fucking realization that, again, as their name implies, they're attempting to conserve some shit that may very well not be worth fucking conserving, bro, because it's empty. It's fucking sterilized. It's fucking a masturbatory practice, okay? Now, of course, to be fair, to be fair... Many people can, and do, no less, okay, avoid this by simply dismissing this problem that I'm addressing and pretending it doesn't exist at all. So, to reintroduce some more nominalism, this time, ostrich nominalism. I know I've I've introduced it before, but just to reiterate, ostrich nominalists, just like the old cartoons that we used to see when an ostrich was encountered with danger, would stick their fucking head in the dirt, okay, and pretend that it wasn't there. Hence why the ostrich nominalists get their names when they fucking are encountered with problems, specifically in terms of language, you know, being able to shape or structure reality, the essence of reality, rather than address the problem when they're pressed further in doing so, they just stick their fucking head in the dirt, right? And that's basically what these dusty-ass academic philosophers are doing when it comes to, you know, addressing the fucking many pitfalls and shortcomings of this Western tradition of philosophy. They just stick their fucking head in the dirt like little ostriches and pretend that it doesn't exist at all, okay? (laughs) they've been dismissing these fucking same questions, right? They could dismiss all the questions that they want as being meaningless, if you will, or simply as being non-questions, right? Now, unfortunately for them, we're not going to allow them to do so, okay? For one, because fuck you, first and foremost, right? For just picking and choosing, cherry picking when to apply philosophy when it's beneficial to you or, you know, when to conveniently discount it when it's not, right? But more importantly, I'm not going to fucking do it because... That ain't hood philosophy, bro. (laughs) And it is not hood philosophy for two reasons. Chief among which being that, you know, the questions that these fucking academic dorks are trying to dismiss because their philosophy can't solve it are the very questions that I personally find motherfuckers in the hood are most concerned with, okay? We're talking about the existence of God, the fucking problem of free will. We're talking about, you know, how to get fucking drugs out the hood, yo. Like all types of shit, okay? And secondly, this... this. This unwillingness to address these issues again—it's systematic thinking, bro. And obviously, as I mentioned before in the previous podcast, that's just—it's not my stilo, homie. Right? System, system, systematic thinking is not my—it's not my fucking cup of tea. Okay. Now, confronting this possibility—that philosophy might be a fucking useless, sterile practice—is fucking painful as fuck, dog. Right? As I've mentioned in the previous story of the chapter, right? right? Uh, chapter of the story, right? As I mentioned just a couple seconds ago, even earlier with this chapter, right? But honestly, as painful as it is and this is circling back tying it in trying to make the transition from the beginning now the middle of the podcast to you know the ending inevitably right coming up in a couple minutes um is that it's preferable to own this shit, right? It's preferable to own the possibility that philosophy might very well be at least the western tradition, okay, a sterile masturbatory practice, okay, than to live in a comforting delusion at the end of it, okay? Because I should say at the end of it all There's truly no difference, if you will, between escaping reality by shooting heroin daily, by getting addicted to benzos like Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, okay, and pretending that deeply problematic issues in philosophy aren't issues at all. Why? How are they both the same? It's simple. They both offer us a comforting reprieve that, while it may induce a sense of happiness... It's ultimately not real fucking happiness. It's false happiness. This is the argument of false happiness, again, that I introduced. I'm pretty sure it's in the fucking Prison Notebooks podcast, but go listen to all of them and find out on your own, right? That's a shameless plug for my own fucking podcast, right? Again, you can fucking ignore the problem, the shortcomings of philosophy all you want. It's not going to make it go away. You can pretend they don't exist. It's not going to go away. You can ignore your fear of fucking death of you, your loved ones, of all life on earth. It's not going to stop it from coming, Right? And that's the problem here with this fucking problem of happiness, essentially, false happiness. Like, it might induce a sense of happiness because you're no longer forcing, you know, you're no longer confronting it. But it's not real happiness, dog. The real happiness comes from owning that shit, right? And fucking seeing potentially your way out of it, right? Now, of course, it's very difficult for many people to do. That's why Dr. Peterson is just fucking, he's the prime example of how difficult it is to do, okay? And, you know, moreover, it's not going to stop people from fucking <laughs> stating that this isn't the case. Like, academic academic philosophy is academic philosophy. It's not going to change, okay? And they're simply just going to state that the refusal to acknowledge otherwise represents, if you will, a sign of intellectual ineptitude. So they're basically saying that, like, we've solved this. And just because you don't understand it or refuse to acknowledge it, that means that you personally, I'm talking to me and people like myself, which there are plenty, Right? Uh, we're somehow intellectually inept. We have some sort of ineptitude intellectually, right? Which obviously it's fine. Like I know my intellectual values. So snarky comments, fucking little petty ass comments from weak bitches like that, it doesn't faze me, dog. Okay. And obviously, I'll just simply respond by saying that refusing to acknowledge the potential self-defeating nature of philosophy is itself a sign of emotional ineptitude on their behalf, right? We'll just trade little petty jabs back and forth and never really get anywhere because essentially that's what philosophy is because as I mentioned before, minus any epistemic and metaphysical foundation, it's just a masturbatory exercise. So that's realistically what it boils down to, okay? Now. The good news is, as I mentioned before, I won't be alone in this, dog. I know it sounds like I might be the only hood philosopher at the moment. I'm not, I mean, I grant the honorary title to many fucking philosophers, like Nietzsche, for instance, right? And another one, I would say, well, maybe not. It's like a carried away, right? I hold my hood philosophy very dearly. Um, but I know that a lot of the philosophy that informs hood philosophy, I'm not alone in fucking, um, I'm not alone in in holding, okay? And, you know, <laughs> Thankfully, I'm not alone in this because I'd be fucking lying to you if I didn't say that. Sometimes it does get a little fucking, I do, it gets a little lonely, if you will, being the only motherfucker talking all this shit about things that are very fucking well established. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that I need the fucking assurance of other people. I'm just saying that it does help continue the fucking, you know, I, I do it regardless, right? But it helps ease the potential brunt of any criticism that comes along with being that person that's fucking sticking their neck out and be like, this is fucking stupid. This is why type shit. You know what I mean? And one of those folks was probably one of the more powerful philosophers of all time in the Western tradition, and that is a gentleman by the name of Wittgenstein. Okay, um, his words they come in response to another great problem in philosophy, right? And that is of relativism. Again, just slowly tying the fucking loose ends between Jordan Peterson, modernism, postmodernism, etc. And one of the biggest problems with fucking postmodernism that people criticize is its apparent condoning of relativism, right? Which obviously this is not. This is not unique to fucking just postmodernism. This is a whole problem in fucking philosophy. This dates back, if you want to just follow the fucking Greek tradition, to Plato when he's beefing with the fucking um, their name always fucking escapes me. the sophists, dog, right? Because that that was the sophists' biggest critique against fucking Plato. They're stating like, you say that there's only one truth, but is there really, right? Because I can show you fucking different. I can I can argue in favor of multiple different truths right now, and I can do so just as convincingly as you are for the one absolute truth that you're advancing, right? So, obviously, relativism is not something that's limited to just fucking postmodernism, okay? It's an enormous topic, relativism is, that merits its entire own podcast, right? But for the, for the sake of this particular podcast, just to try to fucking expedite the process, it's understood as affirming, right, relativism, the rules that one's own culture and language permit them to make claims that can be deemed true if, essentially, the end result is positive, right? So they're going to say a culture can say something is true if what they're saying is true yields a net positive result in the end. And that's basically relativism in a nutshell, right? And so the key word here is going to be essentially, right? In fact, <laughs> again, I'm essentializing our relativism, but like I said, it's a greater issue that merits its own deeper inquiry when it comes, you know, when the time comes, right? But when for now, for now, the simple point is that for Wittgenstein at least, when we talk about the relativity of knowledge, we're doing no more than emitting meaningless sounds. This is why I fuck with, Kier- with uh, Wittgenstein heavily, right? <laughs> Surprisingly. He's a fucking analytic philosopher, no less, okay? But me personally, I fucked with him heavy, and it's because of this. He's stating like, yo, you're stating all these, you're making all these words with your fucking face, even me right now, okay? And there's really no reason to fucking believe that what we're saying is true, At best, what I might be doing and what you might be doing, what Jordan Peterson is doing for sure, is um, we're making sounds, okay, essentially, that other people have been primed to believe represent truth. And when those sounds are made and they're processed via our our auditory senses, they fucking stimulate a fucking response that has us feeling, right, uh, the intuitive truth buzz that they, they, man, my words are not working. The intuitive truth buzz that Descartes talks about, like, I feel this to be intuitively true, like, no, motherfucker, it's fucking, it's, it's triggering a pre-established bias that you were fucking uh, uh, brainwashed with when you were a child, and because it's fucking feeling, because it has you feeling some type of way, you falsely believe that that's the truth, but it's not. It's just these meaningless noises that are fucking reverberating with what you have come to believe is the truth that differ radically from that of countless other people around the world, Okay. So, what Wittgenstein is telling us then is that we're not saying anything true or false when we're making these philosophical claims, okay? Now, the one exception that he is going to grant us, this fucking Wittgensteinian character, is that he's going to say that even though the words that I'm uttering and even though the words that I'm hearing may not have any cognitive value, as in philosophical, okay, in terms of the truth, quote unquote, they do have a therapeutic value, okay? So, this is kind of like what Jordan Peterson is doing. He's speaking, it's an echo chamber. This is essentially what an echo chamber is. He's speaking to a bunch of disenfranchised young men, most of them who are white, okay? And they're mistaking the therapeutic value of his words with actual cognitive value. They're assuming that because these words are soothing and make me feel good, that they must fucking, you know, be true. But they're not true in the terms of truth, dog. They're just true in the terms of they're stimulating a fucking response that you have come to associate with truth a very uh, one that mo- many people they gain in an unreflective manner meaning You were just socialized. You were brainwashed, essentially, with these ideas. And, you know, you were told that this is what truth is, but you never really stopped to reflect on what these fucking, (laughs) what these ideas are or whether they're true or not. You just took them as true. You took the word of people who came before you, right? This, uh, This logical fallacy here being the appeal to authority, your ancestors, the predecessors, your teachers, whatever. And because they instilled this programming within you, and now that programming is being stimulated by these sounds that we're making with our fucking face, you believe that to be true because it has some sort of therapeutic effect on you. Like, no, this is not what is happening. That is not truth, okay? That is not at all what happens. So this is what Wittgenstein is telling us. Like, it might have a therapeutic effect, okay? and But there's no, there's no real cognitive effect. There's no philosophical connection to the truth. And again, what this means is that the words that we utter, they have the power, no question, they have the power to relieve us of certain philosophical problems, chief among which being that of relativism, by boiling down to... One simple solution. You just stop concerning yourself with philosophy altogether. Like, it's that simple. You want to solve the problem of hard consciousness? Stop fucking worrying about philosophy. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. Like, the joke is made that if you want to solve truth, essentially, you should go concern yourself with other issues. Regard, Like, just go ask, just stop searching for it in the philosophical realm because it's not going to be had there, okay? You might as well fucking pick up a trade or a hobby of some sort and just completely abandon it at all, right? So, um, in revisiting the previous chapter of the story, then how this ties in is that what I meant when I said that I wasn't explicitly going to fucking start shitting on historically disenfranchised communities. I just, (laughs) um, this is what I meant basically when I said that, you know, I'm not explicitly going to start just shitting on disenfranchised communities, homie. Okay. This, you know, I'm not a fucking alt-right person. I'm not a fucking right-wing conservative. I'm from the bottom, bitch. Okay. I just understand that again, because of the inherent uselessness of philosophy most of the issues that people are concerned with, including that of identity and shit, these are problems that are simply never going to be resolved, if you will, right? They're just, they're just not. There's no fucking epistemic reason for us to believe so. If anything, there's just going to be these ongoing struggles, again, that I mentioned before in previous podcasts, that we just inherit and, you know, we play our role as nothing more as puppets to continue to advance them, which is basically what the Latinx people are right now, right? These Latinx folks, they're just little puppets, dog. They're puppets that have been created by these white, academic, liberal fucking uh, dorks who are trying to use brown bodies, their language, not mine, right, to advance their own fucking white supremacist agenda. And, you know, they're going to push them out, these brown people, with this internalized whiteness. See, I can use that word, too right? Um, they're going to push them out into the fucking, the real world and they're going to advance their agenda for them and then, you know, they're going to be replaced by future brown bodies and the cycle is just going to continue ad infinitum. And this is, you know, this is what kind of where the Wittgensteinian uh, influence comes in hood philosophy. is like, nah, I'm no, I'm not playing that game, dog. I recognize full well that these issues cannot be resolved. It might sound like I'm fucking, you, the Latinx people were um, basically Hitler in their eyes because of saying this, okay? But it's not because I'm going to start shitting on distant, historically disenfranchised communities It's because, you know, I understand that at best, when we quote-unquote say the words that the language police has deemed appropriate for us, all we're really doing is seeking the therapeutic release from the inherent dread of existence, okay, by establishing some sort of imagined order to reality that allows us to comfortably navigate existence without being consumed by the fucking existential dread inherent with nihilism, okay, and the same is true for them. Like they don't, they're, they're compelling speech, them being the lefties, right? The radical fucking liberal people more specifically, right? Them, they're not, they, they want to compel language so that they themselves can experience the therapeutic release because by controlling the language, there's some sort of control over the chaos. There's some sort of imagined order over the chaos of existence, which is it's just not true. There's no truth to that. It's just a therapeutic value, but there's no cognitive value to that, okay? You're still going to be consumed by the fucking existential dread at the end of the day as you lie there in the middle of the night questioning, I'm assuming they even do that, their existence, your existence, right? Now, it also explains, to be fair, not only why people don't agree with the progressive liberal agenda, but why, in turn, people get so fucking furious, dog, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to force compliance, Right? irrespective of how hypocritical them doing so ultimately is. So we can choose to go down the fucking vicious regress, no doubt, right? But it's a powerful force, that one that is driven, driven rather by the seeming, it seems to be, utter uselessness, again, of philosophy that ends nowhere. But where I've been the past couple of weeks, and that is the pit of nihilistic despair, dog, that is fucking consuming us all. I haven't been in the pit of nihilistic despair. Let's be very clear about that. Not nihilism for me that's bothering me right it's depression the sickness of spirit basically okay that comes from just confronting the everything that i talked about in the beginning of the podcast the the seeming non-agentive nature of the unfolding like that that's where minds come from but others many people the pit of knowledge to despair no question okay again just a quick reiteration social justice issues as important as i like them to as as important as i'd like to imagine them being they're just a facade okay They're a facade keeping us from acknowledging this nihilistic pit of despair. And the longer we're caught up in this game, the less time we'll have to do the shadow work necessary to potentially overcome it, right? And when I say overcome, I'm under no delusion that we're going to solve nihilism. Again, this just doesn't work in this Wittgensteinian sense. Okay, I understand how stories work, and I'm fully well aware that it's these stories that enable us to feel as though we've done so, but I'm not going to mistake that feeling, the therapeutic release, for the actual truth. Okay, the actual truth being here that it may very well be that you're not going to overcome nihilism, that it's just there. Okay, so I'm left then ultimately with nothing more than a matter of coming to terms. With our finitude and our impending nothingness, okay? Simple and plain. How? How, you might ask yourself? Through the oft repeated ways I've mentioned before in this podcast. And that is utilizing philosophy as a means, again, of engaging the shadow work necessary to come to terms with one's place in this reality and, of course, our inevitable demise. That's why I started the podcast. The way I said it, like, I've been, I wrote this shit before, before this last couple of weeks, you know what I mean? And it's just like, all right, motherfucker, it's time to put up or shut up because you're saying this type of shit, but you got to really fucking follow through with it or else you're just going to be a Jordan Peterson character. And I don't want to be that guy, right? <laughs> now, this appears, it appears to be contradictory to everything I just said, namely about the perceived uselessness of philosophy. But the important distinction here is not, well, there's, there's, a, there's a few important distinctions here. And the first of which, the most important I'll state is that. I was talking about Western philosophy, okay? That, those motherfuckers need to deal with that issue. Hood philosophy, there's, we don't, I don't got that issue, okay? Because I know exactly what mm-hmm. hood philosophy is and I know exactly what it's used for, right? Um, furthermore, okay, the, another important distinction is that uh, <laughs> it's not in seeking, if you will, to discover, quote unquote, the truth of reality, but rather to come to peace with the fact that there is no truth. Okay, that there is only interpretations to quote the oft quoted homie Nietzsche. And from this, it boils down then to finding what is true again, more scare quotes for those of you who are listening only for you and then pursuing it with passion, right? You find what's true for you and then you devote all of your fucking energy towards it. And please, please. Miss me with that dumbass fucking response, that just basic level response that I always get. Well, what if murdering is my truth? Shut the fuck up with that bullshit because I've already explained countless times that there's levels to this shit, homie. And the physical expression of this is the most basic, primal, animalistic level that philosophers who are worth their weight, like Nietzsche, fucking scoff at. They look down upon. They say, no, dog, like, get the fuck over, Get, get out of here with that bullshit, okay? Now... It also, it also further boils down to simply just ceasing to concern oneself with any philosophical enterprise that doesn't, you know, concern itself with this. And that's basically what his Wittgensteinian character did, right? So, in short, basically, he had dropped some of the hottest philosophy of the 20th century, quit philosophizing entirely because of it. Then he came back and dropped even hotter philosophy <laughs> by completely dismissing everything he wrote before that by, you know basically by telling us to abandon philosophy altogether, okay? Now, there's mad beef as to why he did this, right? Okay, and whether he was even correct in insisting as much. But for me, again, personally, it always boils down to the ancient, probably, the ancient problem of philosophy that it simply cannot shake itself from, and that is epistemic skepticism, bro. Fucking metaphysical horror. This is the root of metaphysical horror, okay? It's, it's been known that any epistemology, any epistemology... Right And when I mean epistemology specifically, I'm telling you like any attempt to establish this universal criteria of validity for our beliefs, okay? This is an epistemology. Any attempt to do this it's gonna always lead us down either an infinite regress or a vicious circle or perhaps even this self this invincible rather. Uh, paradox of self-reference. This is what postmodernism. That's the biggest problem with postmodernism: the invincible paradox of self-reference. Because in order to be true, it has to continuously, continuously refer to itself as truth. But the problem is, like, well, where is the truth then? What is grounding this truth? It's just free-floating out there, which would lead many to believe it simply doesn't exist. Okay. So the worst part is that this statement itself, ironically, okay, feeds into all of the above because by saying that nothing can be known. I'm positing that we know that nothing can be known, and that's the vicious circle, right? That shows us that if nothing can be known, then we can't really know that nothing can't be known, right? So why are you saying that nothing can be known if you just said nothing can be known? Because if nothing can be known, then how do you know nothing can be known? Oh, it's maddening, homie. It's maddening, okay? And yet, and yet, despite all, all these fucking flaws that I just mentioned, for whatever fucking reason... This is the system that the Western world seems so hard up on preserving, and this is this is only half the process doc okay and this is this is again this is where the shit appears to be intuitively true, where philosophy just begins, right I'm not talking shit of Jordan Peterson for the sake of just talking shit. I'm talking shit about Jordan Peterson because it's in these feelings of uncomfortability where philosophy actually starts to happen. That's where we center philosophy and where the actual fucking rubber meets the road, where the actions can begin to take place because philosophy is not a passive journey. It's not just you sitting there as an empty vessel fucking inheriting all the fucking actions, thoughts, and ideas of people that came before you. No, it's you actively. This is the low-riding element of philosophy for those that do follow on the gram, right? I see Chicano philosophy professor low-riding through Turtle Island. This is the low-riding part, right? Low-riding is this homage to obviously the art of low writing but it's more specifically the act of low writing and you know what comes through it and because of it and you know when we're low writing then through the hood what we're doing is we're taking stock of everything that's unfolding and we're, we're 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 filtering it through a philosophical lens right and when the same is true when it when we're pressed with these ideas that don't mesh with what it is that we've come to associate with truth right you don't just fucking Shut them down completely, dog. You, you navigate your way through them. You low ride through these uncomfortable feelings because it's in those uncomfortable feelings where the actual action of philosophy begins to unfold. Now, to be fair, <laughs> this is very intellectually arduous work. And honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you, dog. Many people, you're not built for this shit, Right. I say you, because you're listening to this podcast. And if you've made it this fucking far, for sure, you're built for this shit, right? But many people, dog, they're just not. And Jordan Peterson, he's one of them, unfortunately for him, okay? And because of that, their opinion, that of Jordan Peterson included, it's fucking unimportant, bro, right? This is more of that fucking hypocrisy of the right wing, the politicized white wing of America. Because honestly, bro, that might hurt your feelings, but motherfuck your feelings, okay? When Michael Jordan is talking shop, I don't give a fuck what anyone else has to say about basketball that isn't at his level, right? Which is very few people. And the same is true when it comes to ideas. Like, I don't give a fuck what Jordan Peterson has to say. He's not a philosopher. None of what he says, is, most of what he says is philosophically unfounded. So why the fuck should I concern myself with his ideas when there's actual philosophers out there that dunk all over his ass on a daily, okay? And yet other people have taken to this man as scripture, which is fucking hilarious because... Their opinions and their ideas are irrelevant too. Like, if we're just being fucking honest, dog. I'm speaking here from a philosophical perspective. They're philosophical, they're fucking noobs, bro. Their opinion is not relevant, okay? But unfortunately, we've been brainwashed, fortunately or unfortunately, whatever you decide, to believe otherwise because of this bullshit notions of fucking everyone's equal, right? Now, notice, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying equality is bad. This is more of where this fucking assault, this critique of being a right wing fucking adjacent, maybe even less right a conservative fucking nut job will come into play they'll say "well you don't think people are equal" in terms of like having equal rights yeah but this is more Jordan Peterson talk here but again it's not just it's not just him dog it's not just him don't give this fucking asshole all the credit for an idea that exists entirely independent of him it's not an equality of outcome it's an equality of potential but come on dog like be real with yourself yo i'm never going to slam dunk a basketball and i'm never absolutely going to play in the nba it's just not in the cards for me and i'm okay with that Okay? I've accepted that fact. The same is true when it comes to this fucking ideas. Like, yo, some people are just dumb as fuck and y'all gotta be okay with just being dumb as fuck. Right? You can try to get better. I can try to learn how to dunk. Still not gonna fucking play in the NBA. You can try to get smarter. You're still not gonna be able to dunk on fucking Zizek. It's just not gonna happen. Okay? But we've been brainwashed. We've been brainwashed to believe you gotta you got protect people's feelings. Like, no, everyone's fucking equal. Like, bullshit, dog. It's, it's not true. Okay? <laughs> now, the when it comes to the idea for some reason it's ideas i think it's because everyone thinks they have ideas i would argue most people 99 percent of people they don't have ideas they just have programming that they're fucking stimulated to respond to like little fucking robots right we'll get to that portion of the podcast series inevitably but for now what is happening is that you know there again obviously there are intellectual fucking equivalents to michael jordan bro zizek being just the one that comes straight to mind because of the way he dunked all over fucking jordan peterson right And the opinions of Zizek, they're just not on the same fucking level of Jordan Peterson alone. Obviously, Zizek, way the fuck up here. Jordan Peterson, in terms of philosophy, not even on the fucking radar. And Jordan Peterson, honestly, is above most people, most of his fans, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you want to play the hierarchy game, why the fuck are we concerning yourself? Why are we concerning ourselves with your opinions, okay? Now, the irony, of course, is that despite all this shit they talk about, fuck your feelings... These people aren't trying to hear all that. They don't want to hear that they're fucking dumb. They don't want to hear that they're at the bottom of the hierarchy when it comes to ideas, right? Because they think, again, falsely um, that they are that they know the truth. But again, their opinions, you know, they think not only falsely that their opinions are true, but they think falsely that their opinions are relevant, right? As, you know, that, that this, this truth buzz, essentially, they feel for no other reason than that the information that they are ingesting resonates with their implicit bias. But as I've said, this is just bullshit fucking echo chamber nonsense, dog. And essentially, it's the epitome of white supremacy, yo, right? Because what is Jordan Peterson saying realistically that isn't immediately or necessarily true, right? Or what I'm trying to say is like, I'm asking you basically for the Jordan Peterson fans to give me something that you think he's saying that isn't immediately Or necessarily true okay because it triggers your biases right because again this is literally the definition of a confirmation bias just because of the words that he's saying they might have a therapeutic value doesn't make them true and to assume otherwise without questioning them right and acknowledging his possibility to refuse to acknowledge this let alone to move beyond it by engaging in it with you know critically by the act of philosophizing right It's a sign of weakness, bro. It's a sign of philosophical weakness. It's a sign of spiritual weakness. It's a sign of attitudinal weakness. And perhaps most importantly in this particular sense, it's a sign of mental weakness. Straight up, yo. Right? It's this very vulgar and very ugly form, this very brutish nature that Nietzsche talks about when he speaks about power because ultimately that's what it boils down to. With the fucking deficiency and the strength of intellectual ideas and mental ideas, these motherfuckers have reverted to only one thing to establish the dominance of their claim, and that is physical power, dog. Physical power in the forms of colonialism, genocide, slavery, imperialism, right? All of which have served as nothing more than the fucking force necessary to keep these shitty fucking ideas alive, right? So, ultimately then, and this, is the, this is the beginning of the conclusion, I'm going to cut this one short too, because by the looks of it, I'm already uh, at the, about an hour long length, and I don't want to needlessly, I'm way past an hour long length at this point, right? And I don't want to needlessly be taking up more time than I have to I recognize your time is precious and I want to keep as much of your attention for this story as possible. So I'll end it simply being with this is the fucking problem with the conservatives that we have in this country. I've just laid out to you bare all the reasons why the fucking ideas you're upholding are patently false, and we cannot move past them until you fucking acknowledge this, you know, and recognize that you're upholding just some broken shit for no other reason that you're a conservative and you quote unquote conserve. Now, I got a fucking list of shit talking to counterbalance all the shit talking I did about the lefty liberals in the previous podcast. But in the interest of brevity of time, I'm going to go ahead and reserve that shit talking for the next episode where we pick up on our next chapter of the story. But until then, I hope you all have a great rest of your day or whenever it is that you're hearing this and I'll peek you next time. Until then, peace.